All right, welcome in to the Hoist the Colors podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Igo. It is time to talk some East Carolina football. It is the offseason. It's mid-June, but it's also time to start up our positional previews as we're going to get that rolling. We're going to talk quarterbacks today on today's show, today's episode of the Hoist the Colors podcast. So we're going to go through. We're going to talk running backs, receivers, tight ends, offensive line, D-line, linebackers, all that and more in the coming weeks leading into – of course, preseason camp in August, and then the season opener at Michigan on September 2nd. All right, the guy joining me, his first time on Hoist the Colors, the podcast. You've seen him on the East Carolina football field. He is Macy O'Donnell, former East Carteret standout, played five years at ECU. Maceo, welcome into the show, your debut edition. How nervous are you right now compared to a game day? Uh, I'm more nervous now than a game day, honestly. Game day that I have my helmet on, my mouthpiece in, and everything. Coach Houston's talked to us, so I was ready to roll then. But now it's a it's a bit of a new experience, so I'm excited though. Well, before we dive into the quarterback situation, I do want to you know kind of dive into your story, and you know I enjoyed telling it you know why you played because you came in as a preferred walk on as an Eastern North Carolina guy. You right. did it the right way. You did it the hard way. You earned a scholarship. You became a key member of the CCU football team. So, so tell us the Macy O'Donnell story for those who are, you know, listening to the podcast may not be as familiar with you. And uh, kind of give us your background coming to ECU and, and earning a scholarship and playing for the Pirates. Definitely. Um, first, thanks for having me. Um, so I came in 2018 with Scotty Montgomery as a preferred walk-on. Uh, obviously, like we all know, Scotty Montgomery had to, you know, was fired from our program and Coach Houston came in. Um, so I just – Kind of worked my way up through the ranks, was on scout team that first year, ended up working on special teams a lot throughout my career, having a little bit of a dual role at running back and receiver. And honestly, I'm just pretty blessed that we kind of changed the program around that 2018 class. That was our biggest goal to just turn the program around and to win the bowl game. So um, that's pretty much it. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy I'm a pirate. So. And you want to get kind of into sports broadcasting, sports reporting, and, yeah. you know, that's why we, we're having you on. We're going to have you on, I think, a series <laughs> of, of shows. And is that kind of something you're passionate about post-career? You know, you definitely want to be involved in the, the sport or whatnot? Definitely. I, I just always knew kind of growing up that I wanted to be around sports, um, whether that's, you know, working in the athletic department, um, you know, working for a team. But my biggest kind of dream is just kind of telling people's stories in their sports and, whether that's on the field or off the field, because um, I have a story of my own, honestly. So that's kind of been my biggest deal, and I want to be able to spread everyone's stories. And I, I'm looking forward to your insight, Maceo, just from the standpoint of, you know, you were so recently in the huddle, on the practice field. You, you mentioned that, you you know, you played special teams, you played running back. Every time I was out of practice, it seemed like you were going back and forth between running back <laughs> receiver. I was like, what position yeah. is this guy playing? Yeah. Uh, but you did it all, man. So, like, I feel like you, you'll have great insight and, you know, I don't, I don't expect you to get up here and, like, you know, try and say anything negative about your former teammates and probably friends and coaches. But, you know, de definitely your insight, I think, will play a lot of, uh, you know, valuable uh, assets to the show going forward and definitely in these position previews. So we are live on YouTube, Facebook. We got a couple of questions on the Hoist of Colors message board. If you want to drop any questions for us as we go live here, do that. We'll get to them on the air. And we'll also have this replayed in podcast form too. So, Maceo, let's let's talk quarterbacks and uh, pretty big void to fill for East Carolina. Uh, the guy that you spent your entire career with, Holt Naylor's, uh, is gone. And let's start there. I mean, just the 
experience, the amount of snaps he took, uh, it's going to be a lot to replace for any program, but definitely for ECU, given his leadership and everything. So as you look at that as a former player, you know, how much of a, a true leader was he? And then how tough is that experience to, to replace overnight uh, with, with some new starting quarterbacks? I mean, yeah, Houghton was a great leader. I mean, from the jump um, freshman year, he kind of came in and we honestly weren't sure if he was even going to redshirt at the time. We had Reed Herring, Herring as our quarterback and certain things happened and kind of gave Houghton the opportunity to get a lot of playing time and become our starter. Um, but Houghton's always been a great leader. We've all kind of, we are really close. It's about 10 guys that made it through these five years from that 2018 class. So we're pretty close. And with that group of Miles Berry, Xavier Smith, Noah Henderson, um, we've all kind of came in and it really started with Holton. He kind of pushed us and pushed the team and was always kind of that positive light. Even when those first couple years when we were losing a lot or just getting adjusted to the new coaching staff. Um, but I think Holton kind of, left it all to the new guys and the guys are going to have their opportunities. You know, it's, it just seemed like Holton kind of took that and you can speak to it probably more than, than I can, but he kind of took Mason and Alex under his wing to an extent and definitely at least showed them how to, you know, prepare as a number one quarterback, how to really go about being a starting quarterback in college football. Like how valuable do you think that is for Mason Garcia, Alex Flynn to have watched him, for multiple years and kind of learn that, you know, how to go about things. Oh, it's extremely valuable. Um, you know, Holton taking them under his wing, that's just kind of the person he is. And he knows that you need that, um, especially to be still continue the success that we've had these last few years. And I think Mason and Alex have both been receptive of that. And I think they're, I mean, both of them are going to be ready to go. We don't know who's going to be yet, but both of them are going to be ready to go. Um, and Holton was a big part of that. You can't really take that away from him. Um, he has a lot of experience. I think he has over 13,000 passing yards. So, you know, he's that's a, that's game experience, not to mention all the practices we have. So those guys are going to be ready. And it's, gonna, and it's partially because of Holton a little bit, too. And Macy, all right, so you, if you're in the huddle as a skilled player on offense, you, you know, you, you look – I, I guess y'all don't even really huddle anymore. But, like, you still kind of look to the, to the quarterback for, like, leadership as he's setting up plays – yeah. Um, or you're about to go out and take a, you know, take the field for a drive. You know, what what traits do you really want from your quarterback as far as being a leader? Like, is it confidence, you know, demanding? Like, what what, what are kind of the traits you want from a quarterback in that role? For me, it's, it's just kind of a calm confidence. Um, you know, you're out there and it can be already a little bit hard to not get distracted with 60,000, 50,000 fans in the stands. Um, but kind of this that calm confidence, knowing that everything's going to be OK, knowing that we practiced and went through it a thousand times throughout the week. Um, but Holton was always he's always been that he never made you feel nervous, never made you feel like you had to do anything that you didn't practice. We're visiting with Macy O'Donnell, who's going to be joining us for these position previews. And we'll also have other co-hosts on as well. well let's talk about these quarterbacks, Macy O. Uh, we'll, we'll go kind of one by one through the scholarship guys and you know, yeah. kind of give their their strengths, uh, you know, weaknesses potentially and talk about, too, just the, you know, the need to potentially name a, a quarterback uh, by the, the start of the opener or if they'll let the competition go into the season. We'll start with Mason Garcia, who I honestly saw as the favorite. And Mike Houston kind of said last December that Mason Garcia is the next guy at East Carolina quarterback. And then the spring came along. Alex Flynn had a phenomenal spring, kind of really pushed him. But you look at Mason, 
I think physically, I mean, he is – you can't draw up like a better quarterback prospect. He's he's 6'5", he's 250. Uh, he could probably play defensive end at a high level or tight end <laughs> if he needed to because yeah. he's such a freak. But, uh, you know, the physical tools are there, Maceo. When, when you were able to, you know, work with, with Mason on the, the practice field, what strengths does he bring to the table uh, from your perspective? I mean, like you said, first off, I mean – just off his size, you know, his physicality is huge. Even in the games he's played with us, you know, in the past, especially Navy when he had his first start, um, we'd had a lot of running that game. If you don't uh, really remember, he ran the ball well. You can't really tackle that guy. Um, but Mason is also another calm type of player. Um, everybody loves him on the team. Great attitude, great effort. Um, but physically, I mean, you know, he's a freak of nature. He throws a great ball. And it's probably one of the best balls I've ever seen, honestly, in my life. So uh, you're probably going to see a lot of that trying to sh go downfield this year, if I had to take a guess. Yeah, I think a lot of running, a lot of deep throwing. Uh, and we saw, you know, and I guess the fans and, and even us in the media, we we overreact to what we see. Maceo, so like y'all are out of practice every day. And I, I get the privilege to see some practice, but not a ton of the team periods when you are really going at it. Yeah, uh, you know we can overreact to just one thing. So a lot of fans remember the the Navy game as hey it was Mason's first try and he at times struggled to read the defenses, but then you know still made a ton of plays with his legs. And then we we also saw the spring game this past year. I, I don't know if you were able to see it or not, Maceo, but you know there was a, some similar things in that game to where he he would kind of scramble a little bit more so than letting plays develop. We got a question from Mr. Juan's world who says our fans overreacting to Mason Garcia's <laughs> spring game performance. So my, my point is we kind of see these small sample sizes and we draw big conclusions, which is probably right. unfair. Um, your, your thoughts on just maybe that aspect of things, like what we've seen from Mason in those limited moments where the public has seen him versus maybe in practice when he's probably more consistent. Yeah. I mean, First off, anyone can have a bad day, so I wouldn't take that spring game too serious, first off. Uh, second off, that Navy game was his first game, and especially as a conference game, and I think that was 2020 as well, so that was COVID and everything was going on. That can be a lot, especially for your first start. Um, but I wouldn't be worried about Mason. He's going to be just fine, and I don't think Coach Houston or Coach K or anyone upstairs would put him in that position if they didn't believe in him and were confident in what he could do. So there's no worries for Mason, in my opinion. He's going to be fine. And two, you you know, Navy runs one of the more complex defenses in, in you guys' league, yeah. right? I mean, they are just constantly throwing different things at you. Yeah, we've had a little bit of trouble. Uh, not too much. We had a little bit of trouble, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but they're always tough to play. But Mason will be fine. And he has all those intangibles, honestly. And he can really lead the group. They really like Mason. Yeah, well, that's, that's great to hear. And uh, anything that you feel like he – I guess the team still wants to see him improve from, is it more just he needs to grow from that experience? You know, at this point in his career, he's been in the offense for three years now, going on his fourth year. Is it just a matter of – and we'll talk about it with Alex in a minute. Like, he's just kind of got to go play to, to learn some more things? Yeah, I think so. And I think their opening game at Michigan will be pretty good for him because, honestly, that's going to be probably the – the biggest and loudest crowd he'll probably play in, in his career. So I think that'll be a good game to kind of get his feet wet um, and then to go on to the rest of the non-conference and conference games. Um, but Mason will be okay. He's he's going to get his experience. He's going to be okay. So no one needs to worry a lot. We got another question from Brandon, and uh, he, he wants to know, you know, a lot of new receivers uh, coming into the program. 
he wants to know, does the, the receiver room being mostly new help or hurt Mason Garcia? And we can obviously talk Alex Flynn here, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Just the, the amount of new receivers, Mason, they, they brought in, gosh, I'm trying to think now, three transfers this offseason. You know, Ryan King from Georgia Tech, who was here in the spring. They also brought in Keelan Robinson from Kansas and Chase Soul from Colorado. You got some freshmen coming in. Um, you know, this used to be one of your your old position rooms, so you can speak yeah. to this too. But just the chemistry between a receiver and a quarterback takes time, doesn't it? Yeah, it does take time. And some of those transfers, I believe, they are also upperclassmen, so they kind of know how it rolls and kind of know they can talk to Mason and Mason can talk to them and Flynn also. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, they're going to get a lot of practice together, and I bet you right now it's a – what Tuesday afternoon they're probably throwing or just got done throwing not too long ago. So they're getting a bunch of reps. They're getting their timing down and they'll be okay. Yeah. I was going to ask too, like this time of year, the coaches, you know, only have so many, you know, time with you guys as players, but it seems like the culture has developed, especially with guys in your class to where y'all kind of take it upon yourselves. All right. It's the summer. Let's go out and get this work in ourselves. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I know they're still doing that right now. I'm in some of the group chats still. They haven't kicked me out. Um, But they're definitely getting the work in. And there still is a lot of leadership on that team, whether it's young or old. There's still a lot of leaders and a lot of people that the team looks up to. So they're going to get it together. They're going to get their reps in and they'll be ready. Let's talk Alex Flynn for a little bit as well, who was honestly one of the biggest surprises of the spring. And we were talking kind of before we, we came on the air, Maceo, just a guy who, you know, similar to, to yourself and others, has just stayed with the program, developed, you know, kind of done it in a quiet fashion, has learned the offense, executed what's been asked. And now he's kind of reached this point to where he's taken off as a player, in my opinion, and putting himself in the position to succeed. And, you know, I'll be honest, I kind of wrote off that Mason Garcia would be the starter, Alex Flynn would be the backup. And from what I saw in the spring, he, you know, operated at such a high level, I think he's put himself in position to be that starter, and that's why this is kind of open, an open competition again. Just your thoughts on what Alex brings to the table uh, from a strength perspective. Yeah, so Alex is a fifth-year guy or will be a fifth-year guy. Uh, so he's been in the program for five years, and he's gotten to learn under Holton for a full five years. Um, and a fun fact about Alex Flynn, he literally is the smartest guy in the athletic department out of all the student athletes. He has like a 3.9 GPA pre-med um, while he's also playing football. So he can, can take he can take full control of the offense. He knows all the reads, knows all the checks. He knows what he can do. Um, in my opinion, for him, it's all about his confidence and how he's feeling. And when he's out there and he's confident, he can compete with any of them. It, I felt like in the spring, in the spring game and the spring scrimmages, I saw he had that confidence, Maceo, and yeah. maybe it's just a matter of him getting out there with the, you know, with the ones, because there there had been a time where he was kind of just working with the twos or threes, and being able to work with the ones, you know, you kind of see yourself, all right, I'm now a starting caliber player too. I can go yeah. out here and do this, and um, just do you feel like he kind of reached that that confidence level in the spring? Yeah, I definitely do, and. Also, the thing with going with the second and maybe sometimes third group, a lot of the times it's a little bit slower. Um, more guys make mistakes. So especially being with that first group, you're with the first line, you have a little bit more time. You're with the first receivers. They're running the right routes every time, first running back. Um, so I, I think definitely with Flynn, it's a confidence thing. And I definitely think this spring was huge for him 
And from what I'm hearing, it's probably going to be a QB comp, uh, competition this uh, this camp. And obviously, the, look, both these guys have strengths. I mean, Mason, I, yeah. I think it's you know he's he's probably the better runner, uh, you know, more a- athletic overall. But Alex, I think he understands at least he can go to the line of scrimmage. He can check, do different things because yeah. of his football IQ, uh, which you kind of just touched on there. And, and you know, maybe brings more accuracy, quickness as far as that to the table. Although Mason's got a really quick release as well and can push the ball down the field. So, you know, if you're the, the coaches, which we're not coaches, but if you're the coaches, you do have to kind of weigh, hey, what are the what are the strengths here we value most versus maybe some areas they need to grow on and grow in. What do you think those conversations are like, Maceo, behind the scenes? I mean, as far as I, what I think the coaches are thinking, I feel like they're just – they want to see who the team kind of rallies around. And I think right now they're both neck and neck as far as that aspect. And also they kind of just want to see who can control the game and control everyone out there and know what they're doing and can execute, which is the biggest part. You know, a lot of the times you don't just have to take a deep shot. It's about controlling the game and making the right plays every time. So um, they're going to have to weigh their decisions and weigh who they feel gives them the best opportunity to win. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that first game you saw both of them out there in my opinion, and kind of let them get a little taste of the action. Yeah, t- tough uh, atmosphere to do it in, but hey, if you're going to learn, might as well learn in the hardest place possible, right, the big yeah. house. So uh, that'll be – it'll be telling, if nothing else. But look, you play Michigan, but then you got to come home and play Marshall, and, and then you got to go to App. So you got to yeah. get ready one way or another. I mean, that's a yeah. tough three-game stretch to start with. Uh, we got some questions here. We're also going to talk about Raheem Jeter here in a second. Um so this is more of a, a a question about receivers, and I don't know if you you can touch on this or not, Maceo. But we'll, we'll you know this is more the quarterback preview. We'll we'll ask you this. Bubba wants to know, you know, have you heard anything on Javius Bond, who is playing running back as a freshman, and plus the the transfer receivers? Uh, have you heard anything on those guys just from being around some of the guys on the team? Uh, not too much. Um... You're honestly hearing a lot about the guys that are returning, especially since they've been in the program for a while now. Um, you're hearing about Jalen Johnson, Josiah Hatfield, Kerry King. Um, so you're hearing about some of those players. And also in the slot, you hear Jari Patterson and some of those guys. Brock Spalding is also a, a younger guy that's going to get a chance. So, I mean, you're honestly hearing a lot of the guys that have been there and kind of been in the system and kind of know how things roll in Greenville. Um, but, I mean – I'm sure if Coach Houston and those guys recruited them, they're probably good players. So, and I was going to ask too, and this is going a little bit off the board, Maceo, but like when you're a player who's been there, you've you've been established, um, and, and they're bringing a transfer. Which every team in college football is bringing in transfers, and ECU honestly isn't isn't bringing in that many compared to other teams in, in college football. But like, there's got to be at least somewhat of a mindset of hey. You know, they're bringing in somebody new, but do you kind of relish that challenge too of like, hey, we're going to welcome them in, welcome them in, hope they help the team. But, uh, you know, we're the established guys. We want to prove that we, we belong to on the field. Yeah, I mean, you definitely welcome them in. And everyone on that team is very respectful, very good guys. So they're going to welcome in, welcome them into the team and show them the ropes. Um, obviously, it's competition, and we all love to compete. That's why we play the game. Um but they'll both try to help each other. Everyone will. They're going to be on the same page. And those guys who are the receivers coach and even the running backs coach and Coach Boyette and the QB coach, Coach Kirkpatrick, they're going to all be okay and all going to be on the same page. 
Uh, Brandon with another question. He says, is a two-quarterback system hard for a receiver to adjust to? Um, and basically, your freshman year, it was kind of Reed and Holton, right? And after that, it was pretty much all Holton. So um, I'm sure it would be a little tough if, if it were that scenario. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do if you're the coaches, yeah. right? It's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, to just, I got a little like, lucky. Yeah. So just your thoughts on that as far as you, do you feel like it would be hard to adjust to if you were in that scenario? I mean, a little bit. Um, but especially if you practice with these guys, you know how both guys play. You know how they want to throw the ball and where they want you to be. Like I said, I mean, I don't think people realize how much we practice or even do walkthroughs. So, I mean, you're getting reps with both guys a lot every day. So I don't think that'll be too big of an issue. Um, I think both both guys will be ready to go, and I think all the receivers and running backs will be ready to roll regardless of who's at quarterback and when they're at quarterback. They just care about winning. So It's all about winning. That's the, the, the right attitude to have. There's no doubt. Um, so RB Pirate on Hoist the Colors, he wants to know, according to Macy O'Donnell, who throws a better ball, Mason Garcia <laughs> or Alex Flynn? They're pretty neck and neck. I would say, I would say Mason has more velocity on his ball. Um, but Flynn still throws a, pr- a pretty ball. Uh, I wouldn't mind catching from either of those guys. And is it true that, that RB, RB, I forgot who asked that, but you, you're putting me in a tough spot, man. Yeah, that's that's tough <laughs> to make him choose between two of his two of his guys, man. But hey, you got to respect it. Um, is it true like that catching from a lefty, holding the ball spins differently? You know, do you feel like at least now having all right-handed quarterbacks does that does that make it a little easier on the receivers? I think that's just in someone said. <laughs> oh, I, I actually had a left-handed quarterback in high school. So when everyone got to college and was talking about Holton throwing left, it really didn't bother me that much. Um, but Holton just throws it different anyway. He has his own unorthodox style. Uh, so I don't think it'll be too big of a deal. And maybe all the righties will help everyone out this year. Hey, we, we're always looking for something in the <laughs> uh, in the media to to stick with. So. Yeah. It's just, hey, if one person says it, then we all run with it. I know, right? With the ball spinning different. A um, couple questions for you, Maceo, on the Hoisted Colors message board. Um, so, AVL Pirate, he wants to know, who was the most physical team you ever played against while at East Carolina? If you could wow. point one out. If you're willing to give that much credit to any uh, any opposing team. Uh, Physical Y'all are pretty Real, damn physical yourself. Yeah, we're so. we're pretty physical. So, besides us and our defense that we've had uh, these last couple of years, especially our run defense, uh, besides us, I would have to give it to Navy as the true, true tough guys, true physical guys. So, uh, we've had a little bit of trouble with them, but they've probably been the the toughest team we played. I always feel like they just get a the benefit of the referees just because they are the Naval Academy. Like yeah. you can't call so many penalties on Navy. So I feel like not that they're out there cheating, but they're just using their, you know, they're using the Navy yeah. across the chest to their advantage. I don't know. I see some stuff during those games. Yeah. Those guys in the Navy, they're ready to play on Saturdays. I mean, it's almost like their playground. So they're all ready to get out there and get a hit on somebody if they can. It's always fun to watch them when they're not playing you guys. So, um, <laughs> I know, right. Hopefully this fall the Pirates can get them back in Annapolis. Um, AVL Pirate also wants to know, and again, this is more of a receiver question, but you know this is our first time talking to you, so not surprised. But he wants to know kind of what are your thoughts on what is left 
in the receiver room, and you touched on some of the names earlier. Um, and, and you know, Jalen Johnson, they moved him into the slot in the spring, right. so that that'll be something to watch. Just your thoughts on what's coming back in the receiver room. I mean, we have a lot of coming back, and just because they might be new, they're not new to us. So, I mean, all these guys that I mentioned have been in the program for at least three, two to three years. Um, so Kerry King, obviously, like I said, I think he had about five catches last year, number 17. Jalen Johnson, number one, obviously, Georgia transfer. He's been with us for one year. So, I mean, he's probably going to have a great year. Just like Hatfield, I'm ready for him to take off this year, uh, literally and figuratively. I'm ready for Josiah to do his thing this year, and I think he's going to have a really big year. Um, so I don't think it's really too many new receivers. that We do have some transfers. I don't know a lot about those guys. Um, but the guys we're having coming back and – even Josh Murphy coming off of injuries. He does a lot of punt returning also. So there's a lot of guys we have coming back that might be new to the public but aren't new to the ECU Pirate football team. I picked Josiah as my breakout pick like five yeah. straight years. So this is yeah. this is going to be it. I need him to stay healthy, Maceo. What can we do to keep <laughs> yeah. him healthy? He'll, he'll be all right. Yeah. He'll be all right. I'm, I, I, one of them are going to give me a call after this. I already know they will. <laughs> but, hey, uh, it's, part, it's part of it, man. They'll, they'll learn. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I'm excited about Josiah, man. He's everybody talks about you know the speed of Keith Mitchell, but Josiah, yeah. I always feel like he was right there too. So yeah, looking forward to is. a big season. It would be it would be a close race. I don't know who I'd have my money on, but it would be a close race, no doubt. Maybe extremely athletic. Maybe one day we'll uh, we'll see him see him race yeah. <laughs> side by side. Um, all right, Pirate Treasure NC. He wants to know, based on their careers thus far in the spring game, how close is Flynn to starting before Mason? And this kind of goes to our overall discussion of. I just think it's a, I think it's a true competition, and I, you know, I feel like in the past, Maceo, maybe the coaches sometimes say it, maybe they say right. it's a competition to keep everybody happy, but like I really do get the vibe that, you know, maybe there's a leader in the clubhouse behind the scenes, but I do feel like going in the fall, both guys are going to get number one reps and it'd be a true competition. Just, is that kind of your feeling too? Yeah, I think they'll both get a shot. Um, and I think they're both capable and ready to go whenever their name is called. If I were the coach, I probably could close my eyes and just pick one and I'd be fine with it, sending one of them out there. Um, that's how close it is in my opinion. And I don't think either of those guys are going to have a problem with it. No doubt. And uh, Pirate Treasure also wants to know, any new recruits now on the roster that were not here during spring ball that alter the line of thinking? So, Pirate, really, there's – the only uh, recruit – and he, he was already here for spring ball, so we already know about him – is Raheem Jeter. Now, they did add a couple of preferred walk-ons who will be joining the position room. Mm-hmm. I think two guys will be joining the room for the fall. Uh, but as far as scholarship players, there will only be three scholarship quarterbacks. And let's talk about Raheem Jeter – uh, Maceo, real quick, you know, highly recruited kid out of Spartanburg, South Carolina, Shrine Bowl participant, you know, 6'3", 220, really good frame, has kind of the, you know, the physical attributes you want from a quarterback as well. Went through the spring. There were some ups and downs, as you would expect from a true freshman. You know, from what I've heard, probably more of a, you know, long-term answer at quarterback, but I do think he's got some potential for sure. I think he's definitely the third guy going to the season. Just have you heard anything on Raheem and kind of his upside? Yeah, I, I think Raheem is, is going to be a couple of those seasons where he's just kind of learning and absorbing all that he can um, from Mason and Alex. And yeah, he does. From what I'm hearing, he's a big guy. He's a capable runner, um, has strong arm. But 
you know, high school and college are a lot different and the speed of the game is just so different. So, I mean, that can affect, you know, timing with the receivers, anything like that, his accuracy. So I think these first couple of years, especially this year, will be a learning experience for him. And he definitely has to sit there and really absorb what it takes to be a, a starting quarterback at this level. There's your report on Raheem Jeter. Uh, we got a couple more questions before we wrap up here. Pirate Treasure also wanted to know which running back – again, another another position question, but, hey, we might as well get, get them all in. Which running back will be the most utilized in the passing game? Who has the best chemistry uh, in that option? Well, since Macy O'Donnell is no longer in the program, I was always waiting for the Macy O'Donnell screen pass. Macy, what happened to it, man? Do I need to talk to with talk. Coach Kirkpatrick? You need to talk to DK. You need to talk to DK and those guys up there. I'm like, man, we got a receiver running back. We can't even throw him a screen pass. Come That's on, above now. my pay grade. <laughs> above understand. my pay grade. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as that, Rajay to me has always struck me as a great receiving back. I know he's coming yeah. off a serious injury, but he should be back full go for fall camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Marlon do it a little bit last year. Just any thoughts on uh, running backs being utilized in the receiving game? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Rajay, he's coming off his injury. Um, he has great hands, can run great routes. I mean, Rajay really can do it all, especially especially for a guy his size. Um, Marlon's probably that more of a true running back. I would say Rajay's a little bit more versatile as far as catching the ball. But they got a freshman guy there that I've uh, actually worked out with a couple times, speed guy, and I think you might see a little bit of him. He's probably my uh, underdog guy this year from getting a little, some reps as a true freshman. Um, so I'd say watch out for him. Yeah, I think uh, Javius Bond, I guess, is who you're referencing. I think he's going to be a beast. Uh, again, yeah. I don't want to put too much hype on a freshman, but <laughs> I think he's got some uh, some special ability for sure. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll touch on him definitely in our running backs preview a lot more mm-hmm. in, uh, in the coming weeks. All right, Mr. Juan's World wants to know, I think we're going to – he says basically we're going to have to make a prediction from each of us uh, before this thing is over that – we got to make a call on who starts more games in 2023. So, um, I'll uh, I tell you, what, I'll go first, Maceo, and then you can you can give an answer if you want to, or you can you can if you want to be cool, you can say six and six. Uh, I already got my answer. All right, um, I'm gonna go. Look, I'm gonna go Mason Garcia. I just think at the end of the day, his ability to run um, is gonna make it tough for for ECU staff not to want to utilize it. So I feel like they're gonna end up using Garcia, but nothing would surprise me. Alex Flynn, to me, there's something about just him being able to manage the game and make, you know, the consecutive plays consistently that that really sticks with me. So it wouldn't surprise me if Mason starts and Alex gets a shot at some point too, but I'm going to go Mason Garcia at this point. Maceo, your, your answer to the tough question. Yeah, both of them are very intriguing in different ways. Um and I think they'll both get a lot of chances and a lot of opportunities. But if I had to say, I think it's probably going to be a 7-7 split counting conference championship and bowl game. So I think both of them will probably get a you know, 50% chance. Nicely done. Not only just 6-6, <laughs> six and six, but 7-7. Seven, seven. So yeah. that's, uh, that's big time right there, man. Uh, yeah. So you think it'll be true two-quarterback system? It's kind of what you're going for? I don't know if it'll be a true two-quarterback system. Maybe that's just me and what I want. Um, but in all honesty, I think that it's going to be tough to decide who, because like you said, Flynn can just control the game and we know he's a smart guy. You know, we know he's very trustworthy and Mason is just, you know, his ceiling is just extremely high. 
for a guy like him. So I think is you just kind of weigh the pros and cons and just figure out what's best for the team. All right, there is our quarterback preview. Before we get out of here, we are each going to pick a minute. Teases at the beginning, but I forgot. We're each going to pick our uh, our our favorite pirate quarterback of all time. Uh, Maceo might be a little biased because he played with one for five years, so we'll see who he picks. And uh, I've grown up. I watched Gerard as a kid. I uh, was Jeff Blake was before my time. I started covering the team when Shane Carden really was in his prime. I went to school with Shane, so. I got to pick the guy I went to school with. <laughs> I got to go with Shane Carden. Uh, I've had him on the, this podcast. I've had him on 94.3 The Game. He was a gunslinger, kind of a throwback quarterback. Um, just awesome interview. Fun to talk with off the field. Great guy. So I'm going Shane Carden. Uh, how about you, Macy? Are you going with the guy you were in school with? Uh, I'm going with the guy who I believe ranks 11th in NCAA history with passing yards. Uh, the franchise, the hometown hero, Holton Aylers. So that's my guy. We came in together. We left together also. So I'm going with Holton, favorite QB ECU history. Holton, a phenomenal guy too. And just, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that like there was any jealousy at times within the program, but like Macy, from your point of view as a player who, who kind of saw Holton grow, were there any guys who just like got tired of Holton getting the the hometown hero credit? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of it, but naturally, like he's a hometown cure, hometown yeah. guy, quarterback of the team. Like quarterback's always going to get a lot of press. You combine all that together, it was almost kind of inevitable. And at the end of the yeah. day, he won a lot, so yeah. I guess people just had to kind of get over it after a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can people have their own opinions, but I mean, Holton really did do a lot for ECU and ECU's football team and just the class of 2018 in my opinion and those last few classes that we've had following them have really changed the program have really made an impact and he was our leader through that whole time you know as our starting quarterback and as our guy we knew who would be there every time and I mean you know it's just me speaking here but Holton mean those first couple years he was taking a beat in some of those games getting hit but he always got back up so you know, Holton's a guy that you can follow. Holton's a guy you can trust. There's no doubt. And, you know, to separate his shoulder first play or yeah. first half, right, of the NC State game and then yeah. go through it. Um, yeah. Funny story about that, actually. Yeah. Uh, I had a – I was dealing with the hamstring all last offseason, so I missed the first two games against State and Campbell – or ODU, I believe. And, uh, you know, the staff didn't want to ruin anyone's red shirt because Mason is younger than Alex was. So we all knew that if something happened real quick, you know, a helmet comes off that Flynn was going to go in. Um, so my job was because I was like, I just don't want to stand there. I've been on the team too long. I can't just sit here and not, you know, do anything. So I was keeping track of the plays, uh, doing all that. And my second job of that day was to hold Alex's helmet <laughs> just in case something happened. And uh, Chris Canada, he's actually with the, He's a trader, actually, but he's with the Cincinnati team up there. And uh, he was right there. And it happened so quick and so early, you kind of don't expect it. And uh, where's his helmet? Where's his helmet? Had to get his helmet. It's time for him to go in. But Holton is tough. We've all known that. And he's a great competitor. And I miss him already. I miss all those guys. But I think ECU really is going to miss him, too. But it just gives everyone a chance to step up and make a name for themselves. No doubt. You guys set the foundation, and I think that there's a lot of talented guys waiting in the wings, and 
you know, Mason Garcia, Alex Flynn, it's their time. And so looking forward to kind of seeing who takes this job and, and runs with it. And um, preseason camp will be interesting, if nothing else. Even if the coaches already have a starting quarterback picked out, it gives us something to talk about. Hey, we had a 35-minute podcast on the quarterback position, which in the past years we would just say <laughs> – Holt Naylor's is the Holt starter. Naylor's, yeah. 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 So now now we have stuff to talk about. Well, Maceo, this has been a lot of fun, man. Your um, Hoist the Colors debut, I think it went extremely yep. well. And uh, looking forward to having you back on in the future, man. And uh, I think you're a natural yes, at this. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's Maceo Donald. That is our quarterback preview for the Hoist the Colors podcast. We'll be back with our running backs preview in the coming days. We'll let y'all guys know when we're going to go live with that stream as well. But this has been the Hoist of Colors podcast. We'll talk to you next time. No key and mystical questions.